Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. on the air when, you know, I kind of thought we were off the air. That's a little behind-the-scenes look into uh, what happens on radio. So um, that was fun. For those of you who are texting in and emailing your rhubarb recipes, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please continue to do so. Uh, Thank you to Anne, who uh, says she has a giant patch of rhubarb, and she is going to ship me some so that uh, I can actually make the recipes that you're sending. And Donald, who says that he's got a 16-year-old son who's a rhubarb hound um, and needs more recipes, so would I share the growing collection? Yeah, how about, how about we do a Tasty Tuesday, um, Taste and See That the Lord is Good, featuring some rhubarb recipes. There you go. I'm, I'm teeing that up for Tuesday. Um, right now, I want to talk about something that happened on Twitter last night. Uh, Twitter has something called verified accounts, and, uh, you know, I guess it's, like, terrible to think of yourself as unverified, but today would be the day that I will um, acknowledge proudly that I am unverified on Twitter. I don't don't have a sufficient, I don't know, uh, profile um, to warrant a a blue checkmark for a verified account. But that was good news last night because everyone who did have a blue checkmark has a verified account. All of those accounts were shut down for a period of time um, because Twitter was experiencing a security failure where accounts like, oh, I don't know, Obama, Biden, the list is pretty long, Elon Musk, um, they'd all been hacked. And across all of their platforms, there were these uh, Bitcoin scams going on. And so lots of people um, were bilked out of a lot of money through this uh, Twitter scam or the scam that occurred on Twitter Um, targeting uh, people who follow these particular verified accounts. All right, so why does it matter? Um, Well, it matters because a lot of people actually rely on Twitter in ways that would surprise you. They rely on Twitter not only for social networking, they actually rely on it um, as a news platform. They rely on it for uh, up-to-date information about what's happening not only here in the United States but around the world. And, um, And so many news outlets, including like NBC were deprived of their main accounts. And so they posted to um, NBC News and others uh, started posting to what are called temporary accounts. And here's why that matters. If you can simply bypass the security measure of Twitter taking you offline um, for a, a genuine security reason, if you can simply bypass that measure by beginning to post on an alternate account that you have either already set up or set up right in real time, um, then there's no real safeguard. Twitter doesn't even have a real safeguard in in terms of how to prevent um, people from communicating on their platform things that uh, are nefarious. So anyway, it's a it's, it's an interesting story. It's worth um, highlighting. We talked yesterday about praying, uh, pausing in prayer before you post, uh, and so this seemed relevant to that as well. If you need some help deciding 
how to sort of approach social media. I actually have a social media manifesto posted at my website, reconnectwithcarmen.com. And you can go there. You can check it out if you need some just some reminders about who to be, how to be who you are in Christ on social media. Uh, that's one of the places where I can help you do that. All right. Next up, Peter Kapsner. He and I are going to talk about the hardest thing he's ever done. Uh, that'll be interesting. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. Peter Kapsner, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. <laughs> hey, good morning, Carmen. Great to be with you. It's always great to talk with you. Um, do you have a rhubarb favorite uh, item in your family or just you personally? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, strawberry rhubarb pie, you know, it's sort of the mm-hmm. classic I know. And and I, I like it. I, I like the whipped cream probably more than I like the pie. So I kind of mm-hmm. think of it as whipped cream with some strawberry rhubarb. But it's certainly uh, my father-in-law in particular. Anytime uh, any one of us or our children can make a strawberry rhubarb pie and uh, bring it over to him. Oh, man, it's that that is his thing for sure. So um, I'm getting uh, information here about rhubarb muffins. I wasn't familiar with those. Lots of people with rhubarb crisp recipes. And then yeah, um, people, people who just have something in their family like called rhubarb dessert. I like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just just throw it out just, there, right? In whatever like, right? form. It, it's like the recipe card. No, no, it has like a specific recipe, but it's different in different families. They're like, quote unquote, rhubarb dessert. And apparently the freezer jam recipes related to rhubarb and strawberries, if you include pineapple, um, makes like for some sort of really delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. obviously be working on this. Okay. So tasty. We're going to do a Tasty Tuesday segment here next week uh, on some of these rhubarb recipes. But you and I today are going to talk about the hardest thing you've ever done. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? Wow, boy. Uh, I mean, it's in the context, right, of this of the student that that biked away right. from so, Scotland yes. to Greece, okay. and then we can you know we can talk about so, like, that in a minute. We should start but with that. I, no, no, we should start with that. We should start oh, with okay, that. Okay, yeah. So, well, you, yeah, you threw me that news article, and I was a little bit stunned uh, by it. He was a student at the University of Aberdeen in uh, northern Scotland, <clears throat> and he got uh, grounded by the pandemic, right? He was he was going to school up there. His family's in Greece. And while his friends left pretty early on some flights, he decided to stay behind because he didn't want to miss some of the courses and had a few different plane tickets booked. But then all of the flights started getting canceled, and he was literally stranded. And uh, to, to paint the picture a little bit, northern Scotland is extremely remote. Uh, Aberdeen is about 90 miles north of Edinburgh in Scotland, and it's nothing but highlands between uh, Aberdeen and, and Edinburgh. And not only that, I, I mean, just to bike through the highlands, right, uh, is would be quite the task. But he decided he was going to do that and not just bike from Aberdeen to Edinburgh. He's going to bike all the way home. And it, and it was some 2,000-plus miles for him to ride his bike from Aberdeen, Scotland, to Greece, where his family was. Uh, Carmen, i got to read more about this journey because uh, the, the articles detailed some of it, that he basically left with, like, a can of beans and some peanut butter and, and, and some bread and a tent on his back. And he rode anywhere between 35 to 75 miles a day. I was thinking, how did he get off of the, the United Kingdom island? They, he must have gone through the channel somehow uh, from England to France, and then he rode through Germany and down south. I don't know my geography terribly well, but but there are some, uh, you know, some Alps around there, and there, there's some other mountains. I can't even imagine how he got to Greece, but it took him, what, seven weeks to get there. And what a journey to be reunited with his family. It was, it was an amazing story. I, I highly recommend 
uh, our listeners to just Google something about, you know, a bicyclist from Scotland to Greece and, and read the account because it's a really moving, emotional account. Greek college student bikes home. Uh, that would be uh, the easiest way to find it. It is at CNN.com yep. uh, in the travel section. It reminded me of the story of the young woman in India who biked 700 miles, 15-year-old yes. uh, Indian girl, um, to get her sick father uh, or her injured father home to where um, her mother could then uh, care for her, uh, care care for him. Um, I, I just tell you, there's a there's a resilience, there's a commitment, yes. there's a um, there's a desire here to honor family and be with those people whom you love best in the world, no matter what. Yeah, I think that's what's so compelling, right? And and. In, in an era where we're, we've rippled out, and you and I have talked about this a number of different times, but what's rippled out the last uh, 30, 40 years since the sort of the intentional attack or deconstruction on the family made by academics and sociologists in the 1970s, um, family has become a place oftentimes of, of pain and turmoil for people, and and uh, yet it remains as a powerful possibility. And so for, for people who have maybe lived in broken family, it is, uh, I know so many young people that say we we want to start afresh and anew. We we want to build and rebuild the family, and and we know that people have had a lot of, of difficulty, but that doesn't mean we can't chart a new course for the future. And these stories tell of the power of family. It reminds us again uh, of what can happen <clears throat> when there's a situation uh, of parents and children, and uh, and they really just honor one another. And and I mean that's one of the commandments, right? Carmen is to honor your your father and mother, and that. That doesn't mean you patronizingly honor them. It, it means that somewhere inside you're even just grateful for the gift of life you've been given if you did grow up in difficult circumstances. But then just take it from there. Find a place of gratefulness uh, and then let that begin to ripple out in your life moving forward as well. Peter, um, how about when we come back we talk about uh, the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins and what's in a name. That conversation up next yeah. with Peter Kapsner here on Mornings with Carmen. So the rhubarb recipes are rolling in. People are texting rhubarb <laughs> recipes. I have uh, one here from the Ames family. Uh, it, so you can text your recipes to 877-933-2484, or you can email me your rhubarb recipes, specifically rhubarb recipes today, um, at Car- for Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com via email. That would be great. We're going to, I don't know, do a roundup on Tuesday, uh, Tasty Tuesday, taste and see some rhubarb recipes. Um, let me tell you, you, you need to put some names to these. So... Um, yes. Rhubarb dessert, that's really not quite enough information. The Kathy Ames 2000 Rhubarb Highlight Dessert with Meringue is a very descriptive <laughs> title. <laughs> I like that, that. That one works for me for sure. I like that, right? Okay, Peter, let's, um, yeah. let's talk about the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins, and let's talk about what's in a name. Yeah, I think this is a long time overdue, Ashley, Carmen. It's interesting that there's finally the social will uh, and 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 the business pressure to change the name. I've I've thought long over the years as a as a person who follows the NFL that the Washington Redskins. Uh, I I can see why that would feel derogatory to people who have been maybe categorized and stereotyped by even some of the cheers that are associated with it. And so. The Washington Redskins football team officially did ditch the name after 87 years of being the Washington Redskins, and they are in the process of trying to figure out a new name. And it's it's kind of an interesting story because they've landed potentially on the Washington Red Wolves, and it, and it turns out 
that about four years ago, a guy uh, named Martin McCauley decided that he was going to trademark and legally trademark a number of different name possibilities for the Washington Redskins. He could sort of see that the, the change in the name was coming. And so he went out and I think he gathered up some 40 different possible names for, for the Washington Redskins, including things like the Washington Lincolns, the Washington Monuments, the Washington Generals, which is actually a former baseball team, uh, Washington, and a, a series of trademarks. And when I first read it, Carmen, I thought that he was doing that because he wanted to be able to make some money and selling those trademarks back to the team. But when you read further into his story and his background, he said he actually didn't want any of the cool names to fall in the hands of somebody who would do exactly that. He wanted he wanted to protect them as a fan of the team. So on the 4th of July, he wrote to the Washington Redskins and said, you can have all of these names uh, for free. I was sort of the, the guardian or the gatekeeper of the different names where somebody wasn't going to extort you with them. And, and so it's a pretty fascinating story to see uh, how this is going to work out. But I do think it's it's long past time. It's It's interesting to me that in baseball, there is the Atlanta Braves and they have come out in contrast to the Washington Redskins and said, we are not going to change the name, but we are going to evaluate whether sort of their longstanding cheer, which is called the Tomahawk Chop. Um, they, uh, they and, and I remember when the Minnesota Twins, as a baseball fan in Minnesota, played the Atlanta Braves in 1991. That was the big thing. You would go to the Atlanta Stadium, 45,000 people would be dressed up in Native American regalia, and, and they would do this this cheer called the Tomahawk Chop. And uh, again, I can see why that would be perceived as terribly derogatory. And the Braves are wondering if they should just shut that cheer down. But they are going to keep the name. Carmen, I don't see that persisting. I can't imagine if the Redskins are changing their name, that the Braves won't have to bow to some of the social and the and the business pressure to change their name as well. Yeah, and then there will be uh, college teams that you know need to evaluate yes. similar or have similar conversations as well. Okay, um, theme parks is, have reopened. You know, sometimes I save stories because I know that I will have the opportunity to talk with you specifically about a headline, and I don't really want to share it with another guest because I want <laughs> to be able to say things like this to you. So there's a video of two executives, both clad in masks. They're from Japan. They are sternly warning uh, people riding the roller coaster um, to, to ride in complete silence. And it ends with a message, please scream inside your heart. <laughs> so as theme parks are reopening, you're not allowed to scream on roller coasters. And the uh, tagline is, please scream inside your heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know who's in charge of the marketing department of the situation, but uh, but hey, I mean, the two characters are a little bit sinister, and usually, you know, <laughs> sinisterism and theme parks do not tend to go hand in hand, right? I mean, I can't imagine a five year old saying, "Oh, we got to go" after seeing the commercial uh, of people in in these, you know, in the sinister posture and and saying uh, you have to somehow scream inside your heart. I, you know, Carmen, I don't know if you're a theme park person. I admit that I am. Uh, and and I'm a, I'm a I go to Disney World. I know when I walk through those gates that I'm going to get psychologically manipulated. That it's going to be my best day ever. And yet I sort of just yield to it, and and I, I cry at the fireworks, and and I love all of that. And and getting on the roller coasters, I guess. I find that the idea of the roller coaster is uh, is far uh, more interesting to me than the actual roller coaster itself. I get on those things and I get pretty wobbly coming off. I can't walk for at least a half an hour uh, after one roller coaster. But but I sympathize with people who scream, right? I mean, these are big hills. It's up and down. I'm not a screamer anyway, but I can't imagine 
wearing a mask and still yet having to somehow withhold the scream. I, I just, uh, I don't quite get where the marketing was with this. Are you a theme park person? You like these things? Uh, I do not like roller coasters. I like, I like, I don't know. Do I even like theme parks? I don't know. I grew up in, I grew up in Tampa. So Bush Gardens was, you know, the, yeah. the most local of theme parks, but obviously Disney World was not very far away. And anytime anyone came to visit, particularly from Indiana, all of my cousins, we would then load up and all go to Disney World. So I actually went to Disney World a fair number of times um, as a child. I will say that taking our kids, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago now, and they were at that just primo age. And it was yeah, for them once in a lifetime. And, um, and so, yeah, so really fun. So I do think that it depends who you're with. It depends um, on, you know, I'm not a big rides person. I'll just admit that. I feel like life is a big enough ride. I scream enough <laughs> well, and it's gonna in be... real life. <laughs> right. And I can't imagine. I mean, and as there is there going to be the scream police? So if, if somebody does scream on the roller coaster, <laughs> are you sort of banned from the next time through? I don't If you're wearing a mask exactly and you're on work. a roller coaster, how can right? they tell that you're screaming? I think I thought these same things, Carmen. I just think. You know, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Okay. Some of the, so these some are of the, the things, things we're coming up with. Yeah. These are the things concerning Dr. Peter Kapsner and Carmen LeBurge this morning. <laughs> What's concerning you? Um, and you're saying to yourself, it seems like they should be talking about something more substantive. Okay. So let's yes, do this. Yes. There should be some meat we, there. Yeah. Well, we do scream in our hearts a lot. Mm. I don't know about you, but I would say that in my prayers, my prayers of lament, they are like heart screams. Yeah. Okay. So that segue works uh, for sure, Carmen, on that too, because it really... I, I think um, that lament is something that is is getting more traction, isn't it? As a way to deal with the grief in this world, and and I really appreciate that that uh, tool that God has given to be able to say, look, uh, the circumstances around us in this world may not change entirely, and so uh, we we wait for the restoration of all things. It's 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 how we live in this world, and the ability to lament, and Jesus lamented, and God laments that that things are not yet as they should be. And so to be able to, uh, I, I'm sure our listeners who have experienced profound pain and suffering, whether just individual circumstances, pre-pandemic, nothing to do with our current world or things that are going on in the world, it is a beautiful place to be able to, um, to, to scream even inside like that. And I'm sure there's listeners too, like myself, that sometimes when you're all alone, you even just need to vocalize that scream. What, what goes on in the heart needs to even sometimes come out because the pain and the grief just really has a depth uh, and, and a reality. So I think in the midst of our fun conversation and, and part of why we can have some fun conversations is that it's the flip side of the pain and the suffering as well. We live in both in this world and, uh, and the world is not all awful and it's not all beautiful. It's not yet as it should be. And, and we can scream in fun on a roller coaster and we can scream from the depths of our heart. But but to be fully engaged in life where that's what you're experiencing from the circumstances around you is, is part of what it means to be fully alive as well. OK, now I have to read a listener email um, because Nat needs to call his mom. Um, Nat, it is uh, it's your mom's neighbor's birthday. Uh, Jill, <gasps> Jill, who lives three miles from spring. I'm thinking spring is a person you know. Yes, that is um, my mother. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's Jill's birthday, and she regrets that she can't, you know, celebrate it because of COVID mm -hmm. um, with apparently your mom, who is uh, who is a rock star. However, she also mentions that your grandma is the best. 
Um, I would agree with that. Jill, okay, so Jill has been out uh, picking rhubarb this morning. Oh. She is going to forward to us her <laughs> aunt's rhubarb coffee cake recipe, which is oh. currently taped to the hood of the stove. Oh. That's how, like, okay. And then um, she is concerned <laughs> that both in Minnesota and South Dakota, people need to get their rhubarb picked and frozen because, like, the season is almost run out. And then she's particularly concerned about how Anne, uh, whoever that may be, would be packing it fresh to send to me without freezing it first. So there you go. People oh. are concerned. People are concerned. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you. All right. Rhubarb. Uh, Carmen, there is there is less than zero chance I will not be listening <laughs> next Tuesday for Tasty Tuesday. I've got to see the results of all of this. We I'm have very found excited. a theme that works with our listeners. This is some listener engagement. This is this is uh, this is good stuff. <laughs> Peter. Peter, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Uh, I love being with you guys. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be right back. Are you thinking to yourself, wow, that's beautiful, and it sounds like Rebecca St. James, but I've never heard that song before? Well, that's because it drops tomorrow. <laughs> How cool is that? That song is called Dawn. It is on the EP that is being released tomorrow, July the 17th. Already released, uh, Rebecca St. James' new single, The Battle is the Lord's, and she's dropping in next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, thank you for the rhubarb tort recipe. That looks yummy. Uh, thank you um, for each and every one of you that's participating in today's really, really fun <laughs> listener participation, giving Carmen rhubarb recipes. I just love it. Um, and thank you for those of you who are going to MyFaithRadio.com and participating in the listener survey. Thank you for those of you who are um, visiting the website and then sharing the podcast with someone new. I know that for those of you who um, like to listen to the podcast on the app, um, I understand that since the 9th of July, we have been having a problem with the podcast uh, on the app. And so I know you can listen live on the app, but I also know that you can't listen to a podcast from this program on the app um, since the 9th of July. We are working on that. I have communicated your concerns uh, and your frustration um, to the the technology wizards uh, who are who are responsible for making all the magic happen. So... Thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for going and getting uh, a link to the podcast from the website at MyFaithRadio.com. All of the shows are available there. All of the podcasts are available. Um, and you just might have to go get them at the website right now instead of on the app. Uh, and I know that for those of you that are looking for Susie's uh, show and Bill's show, you're having the same problem on the app. Thank you for communicating that. Again, all of those shows are available at MyFaithRadio.com. Just click on podcast. And share, share the show with someone new, especially if they have a good rhubarb recipe. Like, I need those people listening. All right, we'll be right back. This is Max Licato. You could read David's story in the Bible and wonder what God saw in him. He fell as often as he stood. He stumbled as often as he conquered. Yet, for those who know the sound of a Goliath, David gives us this reminder. Focus on giants, you stumble. Focus on God, your giants tumble. You know a Goliath. You recognize his walk, his talk. David saw a Goliath, yet he heard more. David showed up 
and raised the subject of the living God. He saw the giant, mind you. He just saw God more so. Listen carefully to David's battle cry. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Lift your eyes, giant slayer. The God who made a miracle out of David stands ready to make one out of you. This is Max Lucado. Joining me now, Grammy Award-winning Christian music artist, Rebecca St. James. Welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. How are you? Good morning. Well, we are celebrating this uh, this new single that we're listening to, The Battle is the Lord's. We are also celebrating First Time Tomorrow, your new project. So um, just talk a little bit about the new music that we're hearing, and then um, and then I'd love to have a conversation with you about about some other things as well. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on right now, Carmen, that's for sure. I'm I'm also, I don't know if you heard, but I'm 35 weeks pregnant with our son. So there is a lot going on, but um, we're very, very excited, very thrilled. And um, The Battle is the Lord's, that song is very, very special to me because we wrote the song last year and really felt that there was an anointing on it and something special on it. And, um, and then we're finishing up the album, um, and we're kind of trying to pick, you know, the songs a few months ago uh, for the project and felt really, really good about this one, but had no idea what 2020 was going to look like. So this was early this year. And then coronavirus hit and all the crazy that's happened. And uh, this song has been so relevant, I think, for me you know, just as kind of waves of anxiety kind of come and go with this whole thing. Um, just to remind me that the battle is the Lord's and God has gone before me and it's okay and he's, he's got this. And then also, I think, um, you know, I think for so many other people too, the single hitting right now is just so current and relevant. And we just saw God's hand, you know, in the writing of this song and then... Um, the timing of it just seemed so him. So we're really grateful for that. So we have um, just some lyrics here, I think, for uh, for us to reflect on together. Um, it, when you think about um, this song and you think about the battle and you think about the battle belonging to the Lord. Yes. You know, is there is there some challenge in your own life that you know, to the just immediately comes to mind when you're singing. I think we all wonder what's happening because we know what's happening in our heart and mind. We know the battle in our own heart and in our own life that comes to mind when we hear you sing this and when we learn to sing it with you. I'm wondering if there's one that comes to your mind. Well, I, I think for me, this song was extra specially personal because, you know, I, I did music for nearly 20 years and then retired about seven years ago before we had our daughter, uh, Gemma, who's now six. And, you know, music to me when I, when I finished out was actually pretty anxiety inducing. I was having kind of some panic attacks on stage and just was very exhausted and somewhat 
kind of burnt out internally at least and and so I think music just kind of felt reasonably threatening to the level where I when I laid it down seven years ago I was quite at peace about never singing again and um, so uh, nearly three years ago God called me back to music really radically and really transformed my heart and gave me um, just a, such a new perspective and a lot of old pain fell away. I mean, it was just a real miraculous thing. But so, so my heart was transformed and God brought definitely a spring out of a winter, you know, to my heart. But even with that, when, even when God does, you know, transforming work, oftentimes there's still triggers when there's been something traumatic and um, so I think even last year, as we were writing for this album, um, there were so many experiences that were joyous and beautiful and so redemptive, but there were also moments that were just fearful. And so God would bring back this song and these lyrics, and he would just remind me, hey, Rebecca, just remember, I called you back to this. I did this work. This is my thing, and this is my battle, and you can just rest in this truth that I've got this and you don't need to be heavy spirited and um, you don't need to fear. So it was just really relevant to me, this particular song, even in the journey with this album. So I want to talk with you a little bit about family after the break. I am talking with Rebecca St. James. Um, You know her um, from just such gifted uh, musical Wow. I mean, just it, you have such a long history in our worship life as individuals. And we're just really excited um, that you are giving us some new things to listen to. So the the new single is The Battle is the Lord's. The new uh, EP releases tomorrow. Um, and we're going to have a conversation a little bit about family when we come back. Talking with Rebecca St. James, you can follow her on Facebook at R.S. James. Uh, That's a really great place to just go ahead and listen to the new single, Battle is the Lord's. Um, And then we're also going to look forward to the release of of the LP, but apparently it's a week away, not a day away. So there you go. You have a a week to anticipate uh, the release of the new album. Rebecca, let's talk about family. Um, you have a, a new uh, baby arriving in your family. We're so grateful and thankful for that new life that God is even now knitting together uh, within you. This is um, baby number three in your family. I'd be tempted That's to right. just ask, like, among your five brothers, who's the best uncle? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my. Yeah, they might battle that one out. Um, you know, there's this ba- this baby will be grandbaby number 10, so there's quite a lot of cousins. And then there's an 11, 12, and 13 who are also on their way right now. There's four of us sister, sister-in-laws that are, are pregnant. So um, Joel would probably say he is. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people know my brother Joel and, and Luke from Fukien Country. But um, <laughs> they're all really great, honestly. They're, they're, they're wonderful guys and wonderful men. And then Aunt Libby gets to be the best, at least on that side, because she's the only sister. <laughs> That's true. Yes, that is I just, true. Yes, it's, it's just—it's fun. It's fun to be in a family 
um, that's growing and that is knit together. Um, for people who know your family's, uh, you know, journey and history, it hasn't all been simple and easy. Um, your mm-hmm. parents are are just really extraordinary people as well. Um, you you like to reflect on family. Tell um, tell our listeners how you are publicly reflecting on family in your podcast. Yeah, so we began a podcast um, about a oh, month and a half ago, and it's called Rebecca St. James Family and Friends, and it's on um, Access More, which is K-Love's new podcast platform that they've launched with a whole bunch of different podcasts, and I'm just very, very honored to be able to do it. Um, I'm really enjoying it, finding it incredibly life-giving because I get to kind of co-host these podcasts with what I call podcast partners, They're, you know, my guests. And every single one of them has either been direct family, like I've so far had my mom, my dad, Joel and Luke on the show, and then um, my cousin, Matt, who's a, who's a pastor of a church here in Nashville, and then... Uh, and then other people like Nicole C. Mullen. I mean, just these amazing family and friends. So that's why it's called family and friends um, who have something really wonderful to say when it comes to parenting, family life, and faith life. And it's also and my pastor of, of my church, um, Darren Tyler. I interviewed him about trauma, and that's been a, a really, really solid one. So we're we're addressing everything from. Um, entitlement when it comes to our kids to, like I said, trauma. My brother, Luke, talked about pain. Um, Joel talked about control and giving that up to God. Um, We've had some kind of lighter ones as well, but I really want to get to content and, and, and tips on family life, parenting life, and then also faith life and how can we like live intimately with Jesus. But it's they're also like these coffee conversations. They're very chill. It's like people get to be just a fly on the wall listening, you know, to what we're talking about. But I feel like I'm growing through getting to go to deep places with these trusted family and friends that have a wonderful story. It's just been really beautiful. I love that. I, I look forward to the conversations, um, you know, as the as the cousins are old enough, as the next generation, you know, is old enough to do so. I just look forward to those conversations as well. I think there's so much um, that we can all learn from families who are able to generationally reflect on the place of faith and who are able to reflect on, um, you know, how, how grace that's walked out in one generation it gets to be experienced and lived by the next and what those expressions mm-hmm. look like. So I just, uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to this. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Rebecca St. James, thank you so much. What a delight. Uh, we have had um, your brothers, Joel and Luke on before um, on the program. And so they delight us as well. Uh, it's just wonderful to have you on. Welcome back, I think is, uh, is, is something that I can <laughs> say with gratitude and joy from everyone who is listening right now. Uh, the the battle is the Lord's is the new single, um, but the new project is going to be uh, available in its entirety a week from tomorrow, um, and and blessings upon the arrival of baby number three. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Carmen. Thank you. It's it's just a joy. That's Rebecca St. James. We'll be right back. Oh my goodness, I am pretty excited. 
the rhubarb is is in the mail. Um, thank you to all of those of you who have already texted or emailed me your family favorite rhubarb recipe. Uh, let, let's just continue that. So please continue to provide me with your favorite rhubarb recipes. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can either text them to 877-933-2484 or you can email them, probably more effective to email them, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. This note from uh, Carolyn who sent me two recipes, one for rhubarb pudding. Now see, this is you're the first rhubarb pudding recipe we've received. Um, and another rhubarb crisp recipe. Apparently, lots of varieties of recipes for rhubarb crisp. I'm still short of some uh, some some freezer jam or the person who made reference to rhubarb sauce. You didn't actually send me a recipe for that. So um, so there you go. Uh, do not withhold the rhubarb. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking here on air with a former member of the Turkish Parliament. Turkey is moving in the direction of converting the uh the the Hagia Sophia back into a mosque and they are already covering up the christian uh artwork and and uh, and iconography in that historic church and so we're going to talk with a former member of the turkish parliament about that tomorrow and other uh developments in his in his homeland um and then as always it's friday so matt hawkins will be here uh, and we just we have a full day planned tomorrow as well. Hey, grab the podcast from today's show, even with all of the um, what some people might call errors. And and Nat and I will just call realness, all of the realness involved in today's program. Uh, this is live radio. And we love that you're with us listening. Have a great day. Be the person who walks faith in Jesus Christ out into the world and Make make a living demonstration of the gospel that is beautiful and winsome and attractive, that makes other people say, wow, that person's joy, that person's spirit, that's a shiny person. Let your light so shine before others today that they would see your good works and they would glorify God who is in heaven. Like, let's go be shiny today. Uh, let's, let's have our words be filled with peace. Let's, um, let's sow Let's sow things into the world that the world really needs. Yeah, how about the gospel? Let's be those people today. Have a great day, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way, you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.